everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I am Steve Mullen. And I'm Jennifer Mullen. And this episode is all about advocating for your elderly loved one. It's something that none of us really want to do, really, but it will likely become necessary at some point in your caregiving journey. Actually, I don't know. I think we do want to do it. Well, we want to. We don't want to have to. We don't want to have to. Right. Thank you for clarifying. So something that we've noticed about advocating in the caregiving sort of environment is that, once again, it brings up the things we've learned as parents. So you've heard of people saying someone's mama bear claws came out in response to someone mistreating a mother's child. I know my mama bear claws have definitely come out in the past. They have. And that's essentially the feeling you'll have when someone has mistreated your parent. Right. And that's the whole thing about this episode. But before we get into it, Jennifer, how's your mom? Actually, my mom's doing really well. I I have nothing but positive things to report. She's doing fantastic. I feel like I should knock on wood. Can you all hear that I on the, so, on our yes. dining room table? Yeah, I'm knocking on wood. She's She's doing great. My brother and I have fallen into a nice rhythm of, you know, sort of the the duties that we put into place to help care for her. And she hasn't fallen that much lately. She hasn't fallen that much lately. <laughs> That's great. I haven't had a conversation with her recently to really try to drive home the fact that we want her to live independently as long as possible. That might mean that her leaving her apartment is a little bit more limited than it has been in the past. But what I've taken to doing is um, taking her out for a drive. Like, we don't even go any place specific. Just put her in the car. It's Friday afternoon has been the more recent thing. Friday afternoon, I'm able to wrap up work a little bit early, put her in the car, take her out. We do a little sightseeing. And it's awesome. We have a chance to visit. Just the two of us. We're not distracted by mm, the TV and her apartment. I'm not distracted by mm, my phone and work. And it's been lovely. Um, And I know my brother does some of the same things as well, in addition to, you know, putting her in the car to take her to do things like, you know, grocery shop and other errands they have to do. So Mm -hmm. all good. But Mm -hmm. Steve, how's your mom? So this episode, I I should say, uh, it it needs to be a little bit of an update on things. And we'll get into why in a moment. But my mother did spend some time in the hospital fairly recently. And uh, here's the funny part of all that, though. So we're in the emergency room. And hospital stay funny. Interesting. Well, but yeah, go this for is it. The I'm, funny I'm waiting. Part of it. Go. This is the, okay. You, you're going to recognize this when I tell okay. the story. And she had a, uh, a nurse who happened to be a male and she kept calling him honey pants. <laughs> right. Okay. So she swore up and down that she heard one of the other nurses refer to him as honey pants. Now he's a good looking guy. He's young. He's, you know, 20 something, probably 25 to 30, something like that. He's a good looking guy. And she somehow got it into her head that <laughs> she was going to call him honey pants. And she wouldn't stop. And I mean, I really, I think, I mean, my, basically my mother sexually harassed a nurse <laughs> is what it comes down to. We did hear from a friend of ours who works at the hospital yes. that there is one overnight nurse that she's fairly certain may have been responsible for this. Yeah. <laughs> but... Anyway, so, I mean, he was a little embarrassed by it. He was good-natured. He played along. But, I mean, it was a little horrifying for me when she kept doing it because if it was just a one-time thing, yeah. But she, every time he came in, she would look at the other nurses. I don't know how you let him run around with those honey pants. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Which, I mean, 
I've known your mom for going on 30 years now. Yes. And this is hysterical. It really is. Just to think about your mom calling somebody honey pants. This is, it's It's so out of character. It is. It's so out of character. So that's my mother. She is a sexual harasser now. Okay. Back to serious. So the most recent advocacy moment that we've had was actually with your mom. Yes. We mentioned during the how's your mom segment that she's, you know, been in the hospital But there's really a lot to the story. So we wanted to use this episode to update her status a little bit and talk about the advocacy, advocacy, Mm, sorry. It's a tough word. That you were forced into with her. Yes. So it's a bit of a long story, but we're going to try to shorten it a little bit as best we can. I want to back up just a little bit and say, I want to just kind of open the curtain on the podcast a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, I know. So we had a plan when we launched this podcast. We wanted to make sure that we recorded enough episodes so we could get through the holiday season. And when our kids, the other side of the sandwich, were home for Christmas break, which, you know, if you have college kids, you know, they're home for like a month. And you want to soak up every moment. you want to soak up every moment because you know they're, they're going back. And, you know, and beyond that for, you know, multiple holiday things. You know, we record at the dining room table. We couldn't very well have recording equipment laying all over it like we tend to when we're recording things. But what happened, though, we got a little too enthusiastic about recording episodes, and we recorded enough that made us all the way, not just through the holiday season, but through the rest of January and through the rest of February. So we have not recorded an episode from the time that we're recording this right now. We had not recorded an episode for two and a half months at least we're getting our groove back yeah so um there are some updates that are needed is basically what i'm saying the hospital stay my mother was taken into the hospital on the wednesday before new year's right because she was having trouble orienting after a nap she was fast asleep in her wheelchair and this has happened before If she's really asleep, sometimes it takes her about 15 minutes to come back to the world. But this particular time, though, it took more like 45 minutes. And they were freaked out at the assisted living. And they said she needs to go to the hospital because we think she had a stroke. So she went over to the hospital. Uh, It was determined by the hospital neurologist that she had not had a stroke. And in fact, had, as far as they could tell, never had a stroke. She was, however, diagnosed with dementia. So my mother now has an official dementia diagnosis. You'll remember a few episodes ago, I asked for a little bit of help and uh, with her having these vivid dreams. Well, I found out that's all part of it. And they may be dreams. They may be hallucinations. We really just don't know yet. But she had been acting strangely. Her memory had been failing over the last few months. So this diagnosis was a surprise to absolutely no one, one. including her. I mean, when I told her this, she said, oh, I knew that already. Right. So we'd been finding that she'd been having problems with her memory, words. She was having problems with words. She would say the wrong word or not be able to find the right word. You know, all this stuff is related to the dementia. And uh, a note of advice. Yeah. Sometimes if you see your loved one a lot, you might not notice the differences that come on slowly over time. So Steve really hadn't noticed how bad his mom's language issues were getting until the kids and I were with him for a visit. And actually, it was it was kind of a nice day outside. I remember we were even able to mm-hmm. go outside, enjoy the sunshine, the fresh, fresh air, which was lovely. But I, I remember being pretty shocked at uh, where she was at that point. And our daughter, I think we've mentioned before, she's a nursing student. Uh, So when we wrapped up the visit and we got in the car to head home, 
our daughter and I were asking some questions of Steve, trying to sort of put into perspective what that day's visit. Was that really a bad day was or was normal? that a typical day? Was that, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, and our daughter and I definitely had some concerns. It was it was challenging because I think I, I realized, as did our daughter, she's also very astute. We asked a few questions and we could tell you were getting probably a little upset, a little agitated. A little tiny bit defensive, perhaps. Yes. yes. And yes. so we backed we backed off like we realized that maybe we needed to slow our roll a but, little bit. But then I did. I took the time to think about it and I realized You did. You're right. And I think so the the the, the pointer here is that it's really if you see your loved one a lot and maybe your spouse doesn't, it's maybe a good idea to bring them over sometimes because they're gonna notice stuff you don't notice because you see them all the time. Yeah, have like a benchmark check right, almost. Right. Yeah. And and in, really if even if they're in a facility you know, the nurses there see them all the time. The CNAs see them all the time, and they may not even notice uh, t- things that happen slowly over time. Right, right. So the good news, though, since then, your mom has been prescribed a, a, a memory drug called Aricept, which really seems to be helping oh her. Oh, my God. Right? It, it really. So, I mean, she had really gotten to the point, and, and some of this, and this is another pointer, I don't want to dive too far into this, but. There's a thing called hospital delirium. Right. And when you're, and I think you saw a little bit of it with your mother. Tiny I bit. really saw it when my yes. mother had her back surgery. She just spent a few days where she was out and there was no coming back. Uh, but I did notice from, you know, just it's really what it comes down to is you're staring at the same four walls for day after day after day after day. And your brain says, okay, this is time for me to just not work all that well. And she had a little bit of that when she was in the hospital. She was transferred over to a, a, a skilled nursing facility, a SNF. We'll get into that in a minute, but she really was, I would say, loopy as heck during right. that whole time. She was right. saying some stuff. There was a point where she didn't recognize who I was. She thought I was her boyfriend, Chuck. Uh, by the way, there is no boyfriend and his name is not Chuck. Right. There is, there is, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. There was a time when she told me I, I better change that t-shirt because, uh, my grandmother wouldn't like it. My mother, right. my grandmother's been dead since 2011. Yeah. And there's times when she thought you were... Your, there were, your father, which times, is a little more understandable. Yeah, there have but. been times when I, she thought. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is that she had, things were coming up more and more frequently. But let me tell you what this Aricept, if your loved one is having some memory issues, check with a doctor about Ask it. Ask about it at it's least. Done, yeah. It's done a lot of good things for her. She yeah. is really, really much, much sharper now. And we're not now. necessarily endorsing a specific drug. I think what we're saying is the advocacy of, of talking to someone and saying, here's, yes. here's what we're seeing. And you, and you might, especially with like dementia and Alzheimer's, like you have these, this notion of like, yeah, there's really Can't nothing do that can be done it. about it, except that. It's not that, entirely true these days. They right. have medicines right. for it. They're they not have cures, but it. maybe they can help a little. Right. So, and, and I had yeah. every intention actually of, of taking her to a doctor soon, some kind of doctor, neurologist, something and, and checking into this stuff. And that was one good thing that, that came was the from positive. This. That was the positive that came from this doctor's Definitely. point or from this, I'm sorry, this trip to the hospital. Let's discuss the negative though. Let's do that. Let's do Here's that. Here's where the advocacy comes Here's in, right, where the, Steve? Yes, we're looping back around to the whole point of this episode. Okay. So when your loved one leaves uh, an assisted living facility and goes to the hospital, they're obviously going to want to come back to their home. The assisted living is going to want to send someone over. Usually it's like a healthcare director or somebody uh, over to do an assessment to ensure that they have not lost so much function, either physically or mentally, that they can't be taken care of. It seems reasonable. Very reasonable. For sure. Sure. 
So after your mom had been in the hospital for two nights, the assisted living facility sent its healthcare director over to do an assessment. And let me just say that I, on my end, could not believe the story I heard from Steve after this visit. What happened? It was unbelievable. So while my mother was in the emergency room, they had PT come down and do an assessment. They were really just making sure that parts of her body weren't becoming unusable from a stroke, which is when they still thought she had one. Um, and the, um, the healthcare director came over, walked into her hospital room, said hello to me, said hello to my mother, looked on the big board, you know, the big white board they always have in a hospital room, got the name of the nurse, walked out, came back five minutes later and said, she needs to go to a skilled nursing facility. Right. Looked at the physical therapy notes, like so looked at the notes yeah, that I was had gonna, been made. I was right? going to loop back around to okay. what she had done. What we found out that she had done was she went over there, found the nurse that was in charge of her pulled up the physical therapy notes and the physical therapy notes. I read them. They said that she was able to move from the bed to a chair. Now here's what you need to know, at least for my mother's assisted living. And we've come up, we've said this before, you need to be able to do a one person transfer. In other words, one person helping you from the bed to the wheelchair or wheelchair to a bed, wherever you're going. And that's what they did. The physical therapist did. And the physical therapist wrote, was able to do a one-person transfer with moderate assistance. Now, I will tell you, this was from an ER bed, which was really high, very small room. She had to step onto a step stool before getting into a chair. I mean, for her, that was really tough. Anyway, it said moderate assistance. And we recommend that she go back to assisted living unless the assisted living cannot take care of her needs, in which case she should go to skilled nursing. The healthcare director, all she saw was skilled nursing and said, oop, you need to go to skilled nursing. So Not acceptable. Not acceptable. So I will say in the past, this is a relatively new healthcare director. She's been there three, three months, four months, something like that. The previous one, what she did was she came in and actually had them do the transfer for her. Which makes sense. Which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. This one did not. She interpreted PT notes. And so this led to me... And actually, the medical social worker, which you'll remember a few episodes ago, we actually had one on, Robin, who was fantastic. Robin, yep. but this is this is one based in a hospital. She recognized that this particular assisted living had been a little fussy about things in the past, and she was not happy. So the two of us tag-teamed calling the healthcare director after she left. And by the way, after she told us that mom had to go to a sniff, she bolted out of the room. Right. I mean, she was out of there. So we tag team mostly the executive director because the healthcare director wasn't answering phone calls after that and basically hollered at him for the rest of the afternoon saying if she had done her job, there wouldn't be any arguments. Basically, what it would come down to is could she do the transfer or not? If not, then I can't argue. She needs to go to skilled nursing. She needs PT. She needs some time before she can come back. If she can, then she should come home to her apartment. Right. And what made this even worse, and I know this is this is long, and, and I'm making it even longer, but because it was the weekend or the day before a holiday weekend, she couldn't be admitted to sniff over a holiday weekend. They wouldn't take her, so she had to stay in the hospital for four more nights. Which, as we all know, for someone at that age, and when they've already got declining mobility issues, it's just it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for their physical health, and it's. Definitely not good for their Absolutely mental health. Absolutely not. And, and you know, yeah. So what it meant, though, and, you know, in the hospital, they're 
they weren't going to get her up and, and get her moving around. So she just laid in a hospital bed for an extra four yeah. nights Ugh. when she didn't it need to. Awful. It was awful. So finally, it was awful on my end too, watching you, Steve, come home again. Oh, another like heartbreaking moment. Like I felt horrible. off every single day. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, to the point where Jennifer actually said, here's what you're going to do today. You are going to go over to your mother. You're going to visit her for an hour or so that you're going to leave there and you're going to go play golf. That is true. And when your wife tells you to go play golf, you go play golf. Uh, absolutely. I mean, really, why would you not? Why would you not? And I, I feel did. like I get a gold star in that I, moment. Exactly. Just and saying. I and I did. And I will say it really helped. Just right. get out. You came home. No, in all seriousness, right? Forget me getting a gold star, which clearly you I did for one, that advice. For sure. But in all seriousness, you came home that day. It was a few hours of a, of a break. And you were in a much, much better state much better of place. mind. Yes. So, yes. all right. So she does move to the sniff. And I will say the day after she moved in, they did a PT assessment. And you know what happened? Guess what happened? What happened, Steve? She did a one person transfer. What? After laying in a hospital bed for six nights mm. and in a sniff bed for one night. Yep. She did a one person transfer yeah. successfully. And I watched it. I know for a fact. So then... The that PT person wrote in her notes, and I said, "Make sure you're very specific. Yeah. Write in your notes exactly what happened." She wrote minimal assistance. I think she said standby assistance. Yeah. Even really, she wasn't doing anything. So then I went back to the medical social worker at the SNF and said, "My mom's ready to go back. Please call the assisted living. We don't need to be here." Right. The uh, she got a response from the healthcare director. Now nah, she needs more. So anyway, let's just kind of skip to the cut to the chase here. She finally did get back after, you know, a lot more frustration. Uh, she spent a week in, in, in skilled nursing. And I will say skilled nursing, you're going to get some really good PT there if it's a good one. And she did. Yeah, she got she good did. PT. She came out stronger than when she went in. It was good for her, but she didn't need to be there. Right. That was the whole point. But the advocacy from this, basically, we threw everything we could at that executive director. And it didn't work. He dug in. He went straight into CYA mode. Well, let's let's point this out if we haven't already. Sorry if I missed this earlier. You saying this earlier, Steve, but he did not have a healthcare background. We all have to remember this. Sometimes these people who are in these positions don't actually have a healthcare no. background. They have a sales background because they are in the business of making money. That's exactly what this guy, and actually he was an interim executive director. He's in between permanent executive directors and he came from sales and marketing. Right. He was a back slapping. I, I would this whole time I've been calling him a used car salesman and I know uh. that's bad. And I know there are used car sales people out there who are really good people, but he was kind of a back slapper. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And he would not tell you anything that was difficult. Yeah. And yeah. and he went straight into CYA mode. Yeah. And, and he wasn't going to buck the system at all. Yeah. So I think, you know, a big takeaway from this is you advocate no matter what. There's no question about that you advocate. Sometimes you're going to lose. This was a situation where we sort of lost the argument. Right. But what I will say is... Learn from us, which is to say early on, like that very first visit from the healthcare director, 
ask a million questions. I think what happened was a little bit of like, you didn't quite understand what was happening. She came in the room and you thought that she was maybe going to come back in the room after getting gathering some additional data and do an actual assessment. Right. Well, my mouth gaped open when she said skilled nursing because I knew it wasn't necessary. Right. And I started to, I will say though, I started to push back to her and she bolted because she didn't want to deal with it. Right. So, but this is, you know, we had a fact-based argument. We lost. Yeah. And I remember, you know, late that same day when we were arguing and arguing and arguing, the medical social worker came in who, she's just, she's wonderful. I, and I, I'll tell you what, I haven't met a medical social worker yet Who's who not isn't wonderful. wonderful. Seriously, right. they are all amazing people. And she came She came in, she, she just kind of shrugged her shoulders, and I said, yeah, we lost, but we did the best we could. So sometimes you're going to lose. But, you know, another example of advocating that we've had to do that did eventually work was when Jennifer was trying to move her mother to a first floor apartment. Right. Well, not just me, me and my brother. Right. But of course. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. So Goggy had been living in a second floor apartment for many years. And when she moved in, the climb up the 14 stairs was not really I that, love that you know how many steps there are. Oh, I know because I've counted many times and I've been terrified many times about each one of those 14 steps as my mom is going. 14 wooden steps. I mean, they're not wooden even steps yeah. going up and down them. So over time, not surprisingly, the climb got more and more difficult. She could really only go down and up the stairs once a day. And even then, it was not terribly safe. And this goes back to some of the other things we've talked about in the past, the proof of life text to make sure yep, that, that she's you know, not laying at the bottom of the stair. And I will say, mom is really good. Gagi is really good with both me and my brother. I mean, I will often and it's it is a little funny. It's somewhat inconsistent, but I will most days get a hey, I'm getting in the shower and I'm now out of the shower. And, and these are like legit concerns. An older person living by themselves, getting in the shower, slip risk, etc. Same thing going down the steps. I'm going down to take my trash out. I'm back up in my apartment. All great things. But finally, a first floor apartment became available and in the same building. Right. In the same building. But because, as I think we've alluded to before, my mom is not in the same financial situation. So she does receive some assistance. If you don't have someone who receives assistance, let me just tell you that it is incredibly complicated navigating through this system to receive housing assistance. And it's a ton of paperwork and it's a lot of you do one thing, but then someone tells you you have to do something else. And then you're like, literally, you like you sort of feel like you end up in this endless loop of trying to follow everything perfectly, do exactly what's been asked of you. And then someone says, oh, no, you didn't need to do that. But really, you need to do this or no, actually, we need you to do this again. That was a whole thing where I had to refill out a bunch of paperwork. And ultimately... You know, I was in a very fortunate position in that I had a previous um, connection to someone who worked at an organization that potentially could could step in and, and help. And I I called on that. So what I will say with the advocacy, what this really comes down to is if you do know someone, even if that is not your natural inclination and it is not my no, I, I remember having that talk with you it's not and my you natural inclination just, you didn't want to you didn't want to 
play that card. Right. I, I knew this person through a different like work scenario. And that's just not my thing. You know, hey, I'm going to go get some kind of treatment, special treatment, because I know someone. It's not my thing. But in the end, I literally, the only thing that mattered to me was my mom, her safety, and my brother and I have said our number one goal is to keep her living independently as long as possible. And and that required moving to a first floor apartment. I'm very fortunate that everything all fell into place and we were able to get her down into a first floor unit. It was... But I know, I know you shortened this story quite a bit, but you know there was a whole mess with it was available and then it wasn't available. And you when it was available, you submitted the paperwork. All the paperwork was correct, correct rather. And then it wasn't available because there was a squatter. And it yeah. was a whole big thing. Well, and then when it, when it finally, the guy finally got out, your paperwork had expired yep. and it was nothing that you had done wrong. Right. It was aligning with the apartment complex where she lived. And yes, you're absolutely right. There were some COVID things that related to the pre- the tenant who was currently in that apartment. Yes. And, and, and based on COVID relief and I, and I'm not taken away from that and you know what, what that person needed in their situation. But yeah, it was, oof. it was, it was a big mess. I was, remember. I, well, speaking of, Watching your spouse going through some stuff. I mean, you were on edge day after day after day trying to figure out, oh, my God, are we ever going to get her down to that first floor apartment? And your mother turned around and told everyone, well, I'm not moving. Yeah. And (laughs) that, you know, created a bit of a problem because the housing development caught wind of that and said, oh, does she not want to move? So that was a problem, too. And then, okay, if she can't go there, where can she go? Can we find someplace else for her to go? It was just a day after day after day slog. Which, again, if you're someone who's receiving assistance, deciding to go somewhere else is not not that simple. There's only so many places you can go. You can't just say, oh, I like that place. Well, they may not accept your assistance. Right. Exactly. Oh, gosh. It was was, difficult. It was difficult. But, you know, I'm here to say, thankfully, in the end, it all worked out. And but the theme of this episode, advocacy, it was it all worked out. And I'm not my hopefully I know, you know, this, Steve, hopefully all of y'all out there listening. This is not me patting myself on the back. But this is like a legit example of you cannot give up. No, you have to be like a bulldog. You can't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is true. So uh, uh, one final example of advocating also involved Goggy. It's an example of sometimes where advocating can create an uncomfortable mm, situation, yeah. no matter how necessary it may be, yeah. you think. Yeah. But it happens. This, You know, this one's a little, I, I can look back on this now and laugh. It's a little more comical. Mm. And um, yeah, I have no problem with thinking about how uncomfortable it felt. So Gagi was in a skilled nursing facility, the SNF, after some surgery. Plus, she was at that time mm, 81-ish years right, old. Right, and, this, and was, this was late summer 2021. Right, right. So she already has a compromised immune system and has for many, many years. That comes years. with rheumatoid arthritis. That is an immune it's system a, disease. A hundred percent. And while we were maybe past the height of COVID for the general population, this was still a concern for someone of her age with a compromised immune system. And who just had surgery. And who just had surgery. With like to weeks have a, ago portion of her bowel removed. Right. Not, not light surgery. No, no. You know. So 
she's in the sniff and uh one of the cnas had come in to to care for her and you know gaggy likes to make conversation oh, she does with people. she will talk I do to too. anybody i do too i've said it before come by it honestly gaggy will stand and have a conversation a deep meaningful conversation with a tree absolutely yes and and somehow the tree will end up you know enjoying the conversation right. she, jennifer has a touch of that as well i do although later in her life these days it's been a I, little I less i don't need more friends <laughs> that's her thing I, don't need I, ha- more. I have a small circle of great friends but right. anyway we digress yes so she's making conversation with this lovely cna um, and I happen to be there for this. And she said, oh, have you, you know, have you been vaccinated? Which was a, a kind of a normal kind of question to ask at that point. I don't know that I necessarily would have asked it, but it was a normal question to ask at that point. And this young woman said, oh, no, I've not been vaccinated. Well, this is, remember, we talked about the mama bear claws coming yep. out. These were my mama bear claws coming out for my mother. You could almost Not hear because that. I am a mother. Yes. Ooh, I can Ching. feel it. I can feel it now. Yep. So I was concerned. I mean, yes, this young woman had a mask on, but my mom does not. She's just had surgery. She's 81 years old. She's a compromised immune system and, and COVID's floating and, around. You know, when you're dealing with CNAs and a skilled nursing, I mean, they are very hands on. They are very close to you. Oh, they are helping you move, at, I mean, with inches away. At the moment that mom asked her this question, this CNA was literally probably about two inches from her face, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was very concerned. And I went and spoke to the on-site uh, nurse practitioner for this facility. And I said... Basically I, the boss. The boss. And I said, I would like to understand what your policies are right now during COVID. Explain the whole situation with my mom, I'd like to know what the heck you're doing. I was, <laughs> No, I was very professional in my inquiry about this. And she said, oh my goodness, like absolutely. She was relatively new to this facility, by the way. She said, absolutely not. We should not have anyone who's not vaccinated working with this, you know, particular population. Thank you for hearing me out. Just want to make sure that anyone who is unvaccinated is not really working with my mom right now. Okay, fine. I go back to mom's room and then I hear oh no, an announcement oh boy. over the loudspeaker yep. that goes throughout the entire facility. Yep. All of the nurses and CNAs need to report to whatever it was, like West Wing of this facility. It was West Wing, because I do remember that, because we right. love West Wing. We love that TV remember. show, It wasn't yes. this kind of West Wing, though. The president was not there. All need to report here, I'm like, Ooh. President Jed Bartlett was not there. Not not there. If you've seen West Wing, you'll know President what President Jennifer about. Mullen was there. Yes. So, well, was not up at the nurse's station, so they all get called. I kind of poke my head out of mom's room, and I see all <laughs> of the nurses gathered. I'm like, ooh, this is serious. So, you know, I just retreat back into the room, whatever, hanging out with mom. And then a little while later, like, I poke my head out, and there's a few remaining, like, nurses and CNAs hanging around the nurse's station. Clearly, the meeting has ended. And all I can hear is their conversation, and they were not happy. They were not happy. Again, we don't want this to be a whole, like, should you be vaccinated, should you not be vaccinated 
there was a whole discussion going on up there about what could be required as part of their job, et about cetera. About that nosy lady in room 10-whatever. Oh, so if you can imagine, like, I know y'all don't know what I look like. Most of you out there don't know what I look like. But if you could imagine, like, me, I'm, like, peeking around the corner of mom's <laughs> room. And the nurse's station was, like, right to my left. Y'all, I'm, like... I can, the vision is in my head right now and I can see them and I can see like everyone very frustrated and I like slunk back into mom's room. I was a little worried about what was going to happen. And of course, here's the thing. You advocate for your loved one and then, and it stinks. You have this concern of, oh great, if I just put a big fat target on my mom's back and now they're not going to come when she presses her button and needs assistance, are they going to be rude to her when she comes? And that's dumb because really that's not what happens for the most part. All these people are lovely. It's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Sometimes it does. It might happen. People are people and if they feel like you are trying to impact their job... They're going to get angry. I remember texting with my brother and because I had to, I had to fess <laughs> up to him. It was it was my shift at the moment <laughs> and I had to fess up to him. By the way, if you I may have made things uncomfortable if around you notice here. anything unusual when you come in. Um, here's what happened. And I'm really sorry. I hope it didn't screw things up. But I had to say something. And he and I were definitely on the same wavelength when it came to like, you know, the care of mom and making sure she was safe. But also we both, we both had concerns about what it was going to do. And then it was all fine. And, you know, my brother and I are masters at, um, dripping a little honey when we need to drip Uh, a little honey, a hundred percent. We do very good at that. We do. We know how to do it. And yeah. So I will say, I mean, you know, going back to what I was talking about with my mother and that whole, uh, you know, thing with should she go to skilled nursing or should she not go to skilled nursing? I, I had every intention once she was back in to, you know, pitch a little bit of a fit once she was back with the executive director, you know, the sales and marketing backslapper, hey, buddy guy. The funny thing about it is that he uh, he was temporary. He uh, was gone very shortly after she got back replaced eventually by someone else who is also interim, which is, this is very concerning to me that they're just interim after interim. They say they're, they've got a, you know, a beat on hiring someone permanent. But the good news is I did go talk to the new interim and she's more of a healthcare person. And she admitted, she said, that is not the way it's supposed to go. And I was a little worried about, and I remember talking to you, Jennifer, I remember talking to my brother about, how to do this without ticking everybody off yeah. at the same time. Right. I mean, you have you to know. trust your instincts though. Yeah. And it, in the end, you have to do what's necessary, what you feel is necessary because your loved one is literally your top priority. Yes. There are ways to handle it. Maybe don't lose your temper, mm. which I don't, well, I will, I say, did not lose my temper. I, I went and spoke with someone I felt I needed to speak with. However, I will say, though, you don't have a temp like, well, and that's the thing. I, I have a temper. <laughs> I didn't do. have a temper in my specific situation. You, Steve, well, don't have a temper. This is what I've learned about when someone does something wrong with my mother. And, you know, the whole thing going back to Gen X, going back to the 80s, yo mama, right? The mama jokes. You don't joke about someone's Ever. mother. Nope. And also, by the way, now that I'm a full grown, you know, grown ass man, 
you don't do something wrong to my mother. And if someone is doing something that I think is wrong with my mother, I get ticked off immediately. It's very quick. It's a visceral reaction. And I do remember standing in the hospital stairwell. I mean, I left the room so my mother didn't hear this. Yelling. And I did. I was yelling at this guy. If your healthcare director had done her damn job, we wouldn't be in this situation. You but only use the word damn. I would have used a different word. I, I, I was I was very careful mm-hmm. in the words that I chose, even though I was completely ticked off. I might have used the F word. And, you know, I, it wasn't maybe the best way of handling it, but I knew at that point, really, I wasn't getting anywhere. I may as well yell. Right. It didn't so, make you feel better, though, probably. It didn't then. really. It doesn't make anybody feel it. You know, yelling probably didn't do any good. It didn't make me feel better. But it's just what happened. No, but your um, advocacy for your mom is part of what I love so much about you. It, right. Yes. Thank you. And I call it uh, I call it uh, vocal advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very loud. Yes. Sometimes it has yes. to be. Yeah. And I, I've done this, you know, at her assisted living before. I, I've actually and here's another tip. Sometimes you have to just take a step back, take a deep breath, because there have been times that my mother said X, Y and Z happened. I stomped out of her apartment to yeah. go yell at somebody. Yeah. And then I found out mm, that wasn't quite so what happened. Yeah. All, so like between, between the fact that maybe they exaggerate a little bit and, or there's probably dementia setting in. Mm, you never know. Exactly. I mean, well, your mom also thinks in addition to her boyfriend, Chuck, she also has her friend, George, who occasionally yes. takes her to the grocery she store. She has a driver. Not. Yeah. Although not. I will tell you, since she's been on this drug and I, I'm really, I am not, endorsing a drug but i'm telling you i have not heard about george for a while she right. thought she had a limo driver basically yeah. named george yeah so anyway when advocating keep your temper be as logical and reasonable as you possibly can be i mean there's the whole thing of you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar right true yep that's right. what i said my brother and i were really good at dripping honey it's good i'm See? not good at it we circled all back around yep. to that we sure did yeah we sure that's did. good all right so that's the end of this episode i uh we all appreciate you listening and you know if you'd like to get in touch with us there's a lot of ways to do it so you can email us at carekeepinggenxstyle at gmail.com you can also send us a text or a voicemail to this number 804 723 1221. Now here's the here's the funny thing about it. We just found out recently that there was some kind of bicycle organization where you could rent bicycles and go on <laughs> some kind of excursions or something that had that number previously. They don't anymore. It's oh. now ours. Right. We've been getting voicemails for them. So anyway. I don't think you told me this. I did I would tell li- you this. Did you? I would like to go on it's a bicycle called, excursion. It's called v- VA bike. Can I call this number? No. If you call this number, you'll get me. Oh, okay. Right. Will you take you me on a send, bicycle excursion? <laughs> sure. You can send us a text or leave us a voicemail, 804-723-1221. If you contact us, your comments may be used in a future episode. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Gen X Caregiving. We're also on Facebook. You can find us there by just searching for the name of this podcast. That's pretty easy. We hope to hear from you soon. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Good night, everyone.